So open your Bible, if you could, uh, to Ephesians chapter number. Let's start with, with chapter 5. Start with chapter number 5. We are in a season, um, again, I, my favorite time of year is fall. Um, I love everything about it. It was, I, I don't think it was, you know, a coincidence that the first cool snap happened right before our celebration. I think that was just the Lord tipping his hat to us and saying, way to go, New Heights. But uh, I love the first feeling. I love the, 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 the leaves changing color. I love, I love all of it. Fall is my favorite time of year. Uh, I love to go for a walk in the evening. I love to get up early and drink a cup of coffee outside when it's just a little bit chilly outside. Then when it gets too cold, I begin to pray for spring because I like the weather to be like perfect. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a, I'm what you might call a fair weather friend. I like, I like the weather to be just right. But uh, fall comes around and uh, several different things come up. But one of them uh, that's very popular in today's society is Halloween. Um, I remember uh, when, when I was growing up, uh, it wasn't quite as prevalent. Uh, it, was, it was out, but it wasn't quite as prevalent. And what I mean by that is uh, now you cannot walk into any major retail store without, as soon as you walk in, there's going to be a witch or a goblin or some kind of a werewolf or demon mask right on the, right on the very front. And if I take my, my preacher hat off for a minute, I just want to go kick them all down and say I shouldn't have to explain to my two-year-old uh, that, a, that a witch or a demon or a goblin is not something they have to be afraid of at two years old. You shouldn't be shoving that down children's throats. Uh, however, uh, now I'm back so we can get back to being, being Pastor Brian. That was East Texas Brian. He may come back later. If he does, I'll grab this microphone and this Bible and I'll preach. But anyway, uh, it, it's a season. And, and in and amongst seasons are, are different uh, uh, things all the time. The, 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 the current church doesn't pay much attention to seasons. Uh, we, don't, we don't pay much attention to seasons. Let me give you an example. Um, in my family, personally, the September season is a season of miracles. My father and I went over this the other day. We started looking back over all the things that happened in the August to October season in our family. Uh, businesses started. Businesses expanded. Uh, great contracts. Uh, our church uh, started on October, the, the first weekend of October 2012. Uh, all the way back, we, we went back as far as we could. We went back about 30 years. And it's just a, a, I just had a thought about something. All of us boys are born in July. <laughs> I don't want to do the math, but <laughs> anyway. <what? laughs> so it's a season of miracles, you know what I'm saying? Uh, is my face as red as it feels? Anyways, uh, God bless you guys. We'll see you Sunday. <laughs> but it's a season of miracles. In the modern-day church, we don't pay much attention to seasons. Uh, but seasons are very important because our whole Bible was written uh, at a time frame when seasons were in, in, in incredibly important. 
uh, typical uh, uh, air conditioning and heating was, was not around. So the type of season dictated uh, your travels. It dictated what you were doing because you were either planting or you were tending or you were harvesting or you were prepping uh, for the winter so that you could survive the winter to get back to the time when you would plant and you would tend and then you would harvest and then you would prepare for winter and then you would survive winter. It was just cyclical. Uh, but this season, the world has given it over uh, to something called Halloween or All Hallows' Eve. And uh, in, in, in some areas, I, I personally agree that there, there's areas of it that are probably harmless uh, from a standpoint of, you know, a kid wants to dress up or, or something like that. We, we don't, we've never restricted our children from dressing up or, or otherwise. Uh, but we have drawn a line and said we don't celebrate Halloween. Uh, we can celebrate it being fall, and we might even celebrate it being fall on that day. Uh, but even how we celebrate, the Bible says we are in the world, but we are not of the world. So even how we celebrate is different, which means there are uh, differences in how we go about life. And uh, again, you'll hear me say we a lot because I really only know my story and I don't know yours. But I say it that way because it's an earnest attempt to follow the guidelines uh, of the Scripture. Uh, and I, I might also just mention our oldest is 10. We have a 7-year-old. And then our third one today turned 5. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good time. We've been ice skating. It's just been a, a great time. Uh, but I do not have one memory of any of them having a nightmare. So how many of you would like to go a decade without your child having a nightmare? Just wave at me. The Bible says in Matthew 6 that your eyes are the light of the body. One translation might say uh, that your eyes are the windows to your soul. So your senses, your five senses, they have a dramatic impact on your soul. Your soul is your mind, what you think about your will, your, your desire to do a thing or to not do a thing, uh, or your emotions. Uh, some, some people are more emotional than others, but everybody does have emotions. God gave us emotions so that we, whenever we you know, feel love, it's a powerful thing. When we feel grief, it's a powerful thing. Uh, but that's all tied into our soul, uh, which our senses have a very significant impact on our soul. So what you see, the Bible says, uh, comes into your soul, into your mind, into that area, and then it has the opportunity to germinate. Now I think you're starting to get the picture on why I hate walking into Kroger and there being a big demon sitting on the end cap of a, of a row that's selling toilet paper. I shouldn't have to explain to my five-year-old why there's a demon sitting there. Now my kids... Uh, Haley especially now, she's 10, so she helps us raise the other two, and Walker does a good job too. They walk in there, and from the time they were born, uh, the time they were born, I said, if, if anything ever gives you, if makes you feel uncomfortable, whatever, you just look it right in the face. You say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not scared of anything. So my kids walk into Kroger, and when they start putting the, the, the demonic stuff up, or Walmart or Target, I'm not picking on Kroger, wherever, they, wherever you walk in, uh, 
uh, or can we even say Target because the bathroom thing now they got, anyway, I don't care, whatever, Sam's, I don't care, Sam's probably doesn't have it, and if they did, it'd be 800 demons in a box, and you'd have to, you'd have to buy them all, but anyway, we walk in, and, and, and Haley would, Haley would look, I said, I said, look, I said, if something gets you uncomfortable, I said, you look right back at it, and you tell her, I'm not scared of you, I'm not scared at all, because here's the scenario, uh, the Bible says that faith, get this, comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Well, what do you mean? When she says, I'm not scared of anything, she heard it, she said it, the Bible says you will have whatsoever you say, she said it, then she heard it, she said, I'm not scared of anything, which is in line with what the scripture says, that God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, she is injecting uh, uh, faith into the atmosphere, then that faith is coming back into her ear, now her soul is being built up, because faith comes by hearing, so we, 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 we teach this to the best of our ability that, that we're not scared of anything. Now, we can be wise. We don't go picking up spiders and snakes and, you know, if that's your thing, uh, do your thing. We ain't picking up spiders and snakes, but we don't, we don't say we're scared of them. We don't say we're scared of the dark. The dark's scared of me. You know what I'm saying? It's a different thing when you live for God. We play by a completely different set of rules. Uh, so your senses have an overwhelming effect. Uh, so that's why in this season it is so imperative that our children and yourself, everybody say myself too, that you protect to the best of your ability what comes in to the lamp of your life, your eyes, to the windows, to your soul. You protect what comes into your ears. All you got to do uh, is start being around a bunch of people talking about... Uh, other people in, in disparaging ways, and before you know it, you're going to find yourself saying something like that. That's because when it gets in your ears, it begins to permeate your soul. It gets in your eyes. It begins to permeate your soul. But we have the ability by the Word of God and the Spirit of God to combat these things. Listen, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. You say, well, does that mean I can't go to Kroger? No, you walk right in Kroger. And you pray in the name of Jesus before you get there. You got to take your kids in there. It's nothing to me. I'll be praying. In Jesus' name, my kids are coming out of there the exact same way they come in. Not one thing they see is going to affect them. The blood of Jesus is sufficient today to protect them. I don't care if the world wants to celebrate demons and witches and warlock. Christians should not and should not do that. My family doesn't do it. And we're not paying any attention to that. And my kids are coming out the same. Then, then now you're taking uh, what's called an active position in life. You can either be active or you can be reactive. You can either be active, proactive, or you can be reactive. Proactive is a thousand times better. Sometimes you have to be reactive because something can surprise you. But reactive is overwhelmingly uh, contingent upon what you are experiencing. But if you are proactive, now you begin, like a thermostat on a wall, you begin to set the atmosphere around you instead of walking into an atmosphere that you're not certain of. By the way, this also works when you have a job interview. 
when you're, when you're going uh, uh, to, to talk about a promotion, you take a few minutes, you invite the Holy Spirit uh, to come and be a part of this situation. You say, well, He's everywhere. Absolutely. But aren't there certain times when you can sense Him a lot stronger than others? The Holy Spirit goes where He's invited and He stays where He's appreciated. So before you walk into that meeting next time, you're, if you're a salesman and you're going to sell something, before you walk into that meeting next time, say, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you've given me favor with God and with men. I know your spirit is with me. People like me. I'm going to go to the next level in this thing. And I just ask you to open every door. And if there's an opportunity for me to minister, let me do that too. In Jesus' name, let's go, God. Boom, you go into the meeting. Before you know it, you're, you're, you're changing the atmosphere before you even get there. So this season is a, it would be considered just like a Halloween uh, type season potentially. Uh, the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We can derive from that that there is an unseen realm. So if there is evidence of something that cannot be seen, then there is an unseen realm. Most uh, people in the world, I don't want to say Christians, most people in the world never pay attention to the unseen world. They simply focus on what they can see. They simply focus on the tangible, which is effectively a very limiting agent uh, in life whenever you're a born-again Christian because you're born not only by water, but you're also born by spirit. But when this happens, you become... Uh, you, when you become a Christian, you begin to have access into this world that you can speak into. Jesus always did his miracles by speaking them into it. Sometimes he would lay hands on them, but he always spoke things into existence. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and it was. Which brings up, uh, let's, let's, let's go ahead and start reading in Ephesians 5, verse 8. For you were, everybody say were, sometimes darkness, meaning you used to be in darkness, but now you... Uh, you're the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk, the Bible says, as children of light. Now this is important because uh, light and darkness cannot occupy the same space. Have you ever tried to open your refrigerator so fast to try to see what it looks like in the dark? When that light comes on, darkness can't stay. Exactly the same way when the light goes off, darkness floods. So light and darkness cannot occupy the same space. The Bible also tells us that we should make the tree or determine that a tree is good or evil. The Bible says, does a, does a well give forth good water and bad water at the same time? It says no, because when the bad water gets in the good water, it makes all of it bad. The Bible says, does a, does a, 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 a example, would an apple tree give oranges? Absolutely not. It's going to do one or the other. So we have to begin to become very wise in our lifestyle. When uh, the Apostle Paul writes here to this early church, we are children of light which means we should walk in the light. The Bible says, For the fruit of the Spirit uh, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Is it good? That ought to be a question that we should be asking when we determine. Listen, and let me just say this. If you're wondering if I'm fixing to tell you uh, what, what rating of movie you should watch, 
or, or give you a list of movies that are good or not good or tell you the TV shows. That'll never happen for me. Uh, the Bible says that we should live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God speaks to us. We should be conscious and sensitive to His Spirit. Uh, however, uh, one of the easiest questions is, is this good? It, is, this, is this thing that I'm about to expose my soul to good? Is it beneficial to me? Is it righteous? I'm not saying everything we do ought to, uh, you know, has to drip with, with gold and, and manna from heaven. Sometimes you just want to play tennis or ping pong. And I, I don't know if tennis or ping pong is righteous or not righteous. If you beat me, it's unrighteous. I'll just tell you that right now. I'll also say that's never happened. I'm just kidding. But right, is it righteous? You know, Jesus died on the cross, and the Bible says that the weight of all of our sin came on him. The weight of our sin is what caused him to go to the cross. Not because you had a bad attitude. It was sin that was going to send your soul to hell. Literally came on Christ, making you, whenever he defeated death, hell, and the grave, making us the righteousness of God in Christ. The scripture later says, uh, since we have now been set free from the law, should we sin more? God forbid, the writer says. Another reference says that when we do these things, listen to this, we trample the blood of Jesus under our feet. This is Wednesday night. I'm sitting down because I... I I don't want this to hit so hard and I don't want to preach it so good that, that we don't hear it. Is it good? This is something we should be filtering our family through. Is this good? Is this beneficial? Sometimes it's not necessarily uh, detrimental, uh, but the question is, is it good? Is it righteous? You remember those bracelets people used to wear around WWJD? I like to think about it like this. Would Jesus be comfortable in the environment I'm in right now? Would he appreciate this conversation? Or would, would he not? These are real questions. We're in a season where the unseen world is given more access into, the war, into our daily life than typically the rest of the year. Uh, is, is, is it true? You don't have to, you don't have to uh, agree with me on, on every facet of, of child raising, but Crystal and I, we decided we will never tell our children something that's not true. Now, that does not mean that we won't uh, wait to tell them something when it's the right time. There's times they've asked questions. We say, hey, you know, that's something we'll talk about later. Uh, how about let's all go fishing? <laughs> hey, that's something we'll talk about later. Or, hey... Uh, you know, when, you're, when your little brother and your little sister go to bed, we'll talk about that. Uh, but that's something that, that's for a certain time. You see, the right thing at the wrong time is wrong. So for us, uh, we just made the commitment. We're never going to tell our kids something's not true. And that means, you know, we, we sometimes stand out because society wants to make them believe it, that, that, that bunnies give eggs away. I'm not mad at the Easter Bunny. We still eat them, you know, the chocolate ones. We still talk about them. But, but again, for us, I don't ever want them wondering, 
you know, is this one of those things mom and daddy told me? Because in Christianity, there are so many things that are unseen that they just have to believe. And if we muddy the water by telling them things that are not true that they can't see, have we clouded their mind? So we decided we're going to try to do what is good for the children, for ourselves. We're going to make an honest attempt to do what is righteous. That's a difficult thing because you live long enough, people will start calling you self-righteous. I don't want to be self-righteous, but I do want to be righteous. And if he said I'm righteous, I don't care if you don't think I'm righteous. He said I'm righteous. If it's not true, we just simply don't say it. These are areas that can affect your, the, the lamp of your life, the window to your soul. Get into your ears. And let me go ahead and make this point. Everything uh, that the devil does... How do y'all like this chair and stuff, by the way? Is it kind of cool looking? <sighs> I need like a cup of coffee or something. So when you make these kind of decisions, uh, you begin to better position your family for success. You begin to position your life uh, better for success. At, because here, here's the thing. Everything that the devil does is counterfeit of what God does. Everything that he brings to the table is, is backwards uh, to what the Lord does. Uh, but it is also uh, oftentimes just a skewed version. So I hope there's not too many little ears in here. Uh, but marital relations, they are designed by God for a man and a woman that are married. It is completely right. The marriage bed is undefiled, but the enemy will try to make you think you're missing out on something, and he will try to get you involved in something like that at the wrong time, which now the right thing skewed at the wrong time becomes a wrong thing, which changes the, the entire uh, situation of it. It can, it can make it where you commit to something and, and you begin to have soul ties in an area that God never wanted you to have soul ties. Maybe that person's not going to be your husband. Maybe that person's not going to be your wife. You begin to position. But the enemy always wants to convince you of something. If he can't convince you of something that's just completely wrong, he'll try to convince you of something that is right, but he'll try to convince you to do it at the wrong time. So it's not wrong to have a Ferrari, but if you can't afford a Pinto... <laughs> You know, don't go try to finance a Ferrari. There's nothing wrong with having a Ferrari, uh, but you want to do it at the right time, whenever you could afford it. Same thing with uh, 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 everything in the kingdom of God. The devil takes it, makes a counterfeit version of it, and then he offers it to God's children to try to make them uh, fall into a trap. Here would be another example. And matter of fact, it says it later in the same chapter. It says, be not drunk with wine. Don't get drunk with alcohol. But be full of the Spirit. So uh, it's not that being drunk is wrong. It's being drunk with alcohol is wrong. And let's just kind of go over a few of the things with alcohol. When you get drunk with alcohol, your problems seem to dissipate, right? 
Most people that, that are hung up on alcohol from a standpoint of being an alcoholic, they drink to pacify their problems temporarily. Uh, when you're drunk, generally speaking, uh, you get in a better mood. Generally speaking, you forget about the worries that were giving you the grief. The problem is with alcohol, it comes with, if not just a headache in the natural, it will eventually come with an addictive property, potentially, depending on you, an addictive property that can, uh, that can lure you in and latch you in. When God never said, don't be drunk, he said, don't be drunk that way. Because those same characteristics that we see in the natural with alcohol, God wants to give you, but whenever he get, when he gives them to you, number one, they're not temporary. Number two, they won't leave you hungover. Number three, you get addicted to the Holy Spirit. You don't get addicted to something that's going to take all your money. It's going to make you have a divorce. It's going to ruin your life. It's going to give you a deep it's going to wrap a car around a pole. So it's not that, that, that being drunk is wrong. That's without, but it's with alcohol that's wrong. It's a counterfeit version of what God has provided. He has provided an opportunity for us to be intoxicated by His presence. And, and on some levels, I can say, man, I've, I've, been, I've been in situations where you know, nobody could stand up. Me and my brother one time, we were in, we were in Colorado on a, on a youth trip. And, man, we're just up there. These kids, listen, they couldn't spell Holy Spirit. They couldn't spell Holy Ghost, okay? They didn't know nothing about nothing. We get up there, and, and, and we're having praise and worship, and, and I open my eyes, and I look, and everybody is laying on the floor. And I'm like, what is happening? I look over my brother, and he's like, passed out too. No, I don't. <laughs> but there is something about being intoxicated in the Spirit. Now, sometimes it can happen like that, but other times... Man, it can just be the joy of the Lord becomes your strength because you've become intoxicated in who He is. Now, the worries of the world, they, they, don't, they don't weigh on you like they would if you weren't intoxicated by who He is. So it's not that being intoxicated is wrong. It's being intoxicated a certain way. So literally, uh, there is a counterfeit version of almost everything God has. So it's the exact same way. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Get this, the opposite of faith is fear, and fear comes the same way. You sit around a campfire, tell them the boogeyman's going to jump and, and, and pull them out of their tent and drag them in the woods. Let me just give you a, a clue about what they're going to dream about that night because faith comes by hearing and the opposite of faith is fear fear comes by hearing so we got to be very wise as parents but this isn't just for children we got to be very wise as christians uh, to determine in this season especially when the unseen realm is given more access and more, um, what's the word, given more of a center stage than almost any other time in the year. Give me one great big amen. amen. Verse 10 says, proving what's acceptable to the Lord. Uh, a modern translation would say, trying to learn what is pleasing to God. You should, you should uh, be in a, any relationship you have, the relationship I have with my wife, I want to know what pleases her. Uh, I can just tell you it rhymes with uh, 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 buoy baton. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I have, I have spent my adult life, when recording and otherwise, trying to figure out what pleases her. 
It's the exact same thing with the relationship with the Lord. The Bible says that we are his bride, he is our bridegroom. We should figure out what pleases God. You should figure out what pleases your parents, and you should do it. You say, well, well my parents are, are rude and, and ugly. You should still figure out what pleases them and honor your parents in the Lord to the best of your ability. Because guess what? If you have kids, you're going to be in that position one day. And let me just say this. You will reap what you sow whichever way it goes. You can't just decide, I only want to reap the good stuff I sow. No, you're going to reap whatever you sow. So figure out what's pleasing to the Lord. So same scenario. When we figure out what's pleasing to the Lord, we pass it through the filter of, is it good? Is it righteous? Is it good? Is it righteous? And is it true? These things are the fruit that God loves. So when we're going through our life, listen, uh, uh, Crystal and I, we went to, uh, um, what's that town we went to, that country down around Mexico, um, with Mama Carmen's country? Yeah, Guatemala, sorry. There you go. We went to Guatemala this year, and there were areas where, where you could drive, and, and this, happened, this can happen anywhere, but there's areas that you can drive, and all of a sudden my spirit man would just go, whoa, something has changed. And I would look, and there would be uh, a child as young as eight years old, uh, you know, dressed like a cheerleader or something. I'm, I'm using words to try to be a little clandestine because of small ears in the room, but dressed like a cheerleader and waving. Eight, nine years old. Somebody's leaning up against the wall in the background with a, with a, with a look on their face, just watching them, waiting for somebody to stop. And then they would go and the guy would come and have a conversation and they would discuss value. But your spirit man just goes, whoa, just, just whoa, just something. I, I, I've, I've come to a different region. You know, uh, there are principalities and powers, the Bible says, that are in regions and over regions. Uh, when Crystal and I moved here, uh, we used to have well, we're in it now. I'll just go ahead and say it. We used to have these spooky things happen around the house. Uh, different things outside of windows when we first moved here. And, and it took a little bit of prayer. It took fasting. But in Jesus' name, that stuff had to go and, and leave. But, but listen to me now. There is an unseen world. There is an unseen world that is more real and more evident excuse me, more revel relevant in your life than anything you can see or touch. Now, you and me have the opportunity to be effective in the unseen world as well, but we have to be very wise about it. We have to be very uh, cognizant and very conscious about our life, which means just any old show doesn't play on our TV. Amen. Amen. Just any old radio thing doesn't come on my radio. Just any, old, just any old idea doesn't float. Listen, you want to come to my house and start telling racist jokes? I will throw you out of my house on your head. Because at my house, we're not opening those windows. In my house, we're not opening those opportunities. No, is it good? Is it righteous? Is it true? Well, Pastor, I, I heard you watch such and such movie. You make up your own mind about movies, but I just want you to know we're not playing games. We're passing it through saying, is it good, is it righteous, and is it true? In this season especially, 
we pay attention because the enemy is given such free reign. So we try to learn what's pleasing to the Lord and do it. Verse 11, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. A modern translation says this, Don't participate in these dark areas. Don't participate in the dark areas that are unfruitful. But instead, that word reprove, uh, in a modern translation, says expose. Don't participate. Now listen, there are things, just like, just like Jesus said, you knock, the door will be open. I was about 14 years old, and uh, I went to a birthday party out in the middle of nowhere, because everywhere we were was the middle of nowhere. Uh, but there was a group of us, and, and this one person had this idea to do this seance thing. And I, I said, well, okay, I've never seen a demon. Let's, let's do it. And uh, we went to a, a graveyard. Even better, right? We went to a cemetery, and we spent, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. No, probably not that long. We were kids. We didn't have that kind of attention span. Say five minutes, if I'm trying not to exaggerate. And we... We, you know, said these things over and over again, which I'll never give voice to again. And before you know it, all I can tell you is this cold, demonic something showed up. Couldn't see him with my natural eyes, but he was as real as the next raindrop. You knock, and the door will be opened. See, we, we, want, we only want the good. We only want, if I knock on Jesus' door, he'll open. If I knock on the right opportunity, he'll open. If I knock on this, he'll open. Listen to me. If you go knocking on the devil's door, let me tell you something. He'll open that door. Is it good? Is it righteous? Is it true? Think about it like this. Think about you're going through life, and, and, and over here there's a rabid dog just the baddest junkyard dog you could think of, scarred up from fights and everything else, and he's, he's nailed to a, to a pole, uh, or he's, he, there's a pole nailed in the ground, he's got a chain, and he's on it, and he can only reach so far, and there's a sign that says, don't go near the dog, the dog bites. You're just going about your life, and all of a sudden, you begin to get drawn in a direction, and the dog is sitting there, and the sign says... The dog will bite you. Get away from the dog. Matter of fact, there's three signs. First sign says dog will bite. Second sign says full real. Dog will bite. The third sign says turn back now. Dummy, you're about to get bit. This dog will bite you. But when you look, it's just a dog. He might even be sitting there whimpering a little bit. Oh, he's just, he's just hungry, that's all. So you pass the first sign. That's that check in your spirit. And you go and a little bit further, he, he starts to whimper, and, and you think, oh, man, he can't hurt me. It's just a mask. It's just a horror movie. It's just a book. It's just an idea. It's just a thought. Your five senses were given for you to you by God for the advancement of the kingdom and Christians use those same senses to knock on the devil's door and he floods their mind, he floods the light of their life and then they wonder why they have these thoughts and ideas and different things that manifest. So you go past the first one 
And you're like, oh man, it's just a, just then you get to the second one, it's just a mask. And now the dog lays over and wants you to scratch his belly. And there's only one more sign. And that sign says, turn back now, dummy. Because the Bible says that whom the father loves, he chastens. He will try to stop you. He will try to keep you from doing it. But if you decide to ignore that still small voice, you can still walk over. And 100 out of 100 times before it is over, you will get bit and at that point it's not the dog's fault we have an enemy the adversary uh, we call him the devil Lucifer there is demonic activity uh, fortunately some good news um, there's only about one third as many of them as there are two-thirds those that are with us and for us and ministering to us and helping us but we don't go knocking on the devil's door we don't go walking up and going I just want to pet that dog he can't, probably can't hear me I don't know why y'all think this dog will bite why did this sign this sign and this sign say that dog will bite I don't think that thing will bite and then somebody calls you you're about to pet the dog and somebody calls you and say man I've just been praying for you I don't know have you seen a dog lately I just think you need to leave that dog alone and you're like I don't think this dog will and then you pray oh god help me the dog bit me and you're like yeah i'm on the way and you drive over there and you get them away and you help them again but it, it, it's is it good is it righteous is it true come help me just the keys please caesar the man so we try to learn what's pleasing to the Lord and we don't participate in things that are dark. We just don't do it. We abstain from the appearance of evil. Well, sometimes it's hard to determine what's evil and what's just entertainment, what's evil in this. Correct, it is. Father, please help me discern what is evil and what is entertainment? Please help me discern. Are you saying you can't listen to any kind of music? Listen, I was listening to George Strait today. Ice skating at the skating rink. I don't remember the song. I wish I could remember. I was going to sing it, but I can't remember it. But I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, it's a good song. Oh, George, King George, go ahead, bud. God help me discern what is evil and what is entertainment, what is just something. And now... Let's not be stupid. Bump your neighbor and say, don't be silly. If my God, it looks like the devil. If they use it to try to make nightmares happen. The Bible says, let's reason together. Let's just reason for a minute. We're supposed to spend 364 days a year telling our kids not to be scared. We spend billions and billions of dollars to fight terrorism. But we're supposed to take one day a year and go, Okay, devil, <laughs> you got 24 hours. Enjoy. Is it good? Is it righteous? And is it true? Don't participate. Verse 12. For it's a shame to speak of those things which are done in secret. 
It's a shame to give voice to the devil when such a high price has been paid for your soul. It's a shame to give him a foothold in your life when God has given you a solid rock that you can stand on. But all things that are reproved or exposed are made manifest by light, but whatever uh, uh, makes manifest is light, meaning anything that is exposed by the light is no longer, no longer has an effect on you. So, like we have a chicken coop, and uh, we're down to one chicken, y'all. Y'all are going to have to pray for our chickens. We've got a fox or something. But anyway, I go walking, and every now and then we've got these big, beautiful oak trees. And, and I love them, but this time of year, uh, we got these spiders that are about this big. And they make webs, you know, from the, the, from the, the tree to the ground. And so you can be walking... And all of a sudden, you just go into flat-out matrix ninja mode, you know, because you get a, a spider web on you. You just know it's that one, and those fangs are just coming. You're just like, you're like, oh, he's probably got me by the jugular. You're trying to, whatever. So when you're walking in the dark, you're like this. You're like, oh, my gosh. You know, you, gotta, you, gotta, you pick up a stick or something, and you're just waving it in front of you. But if you get a flashlight, and you go, ding. I go, oh, there's a spider, not walking this way. There's a spider, not walking this way. Because everything that the light reproves, exposes, is no longer dangerous to you. That's why we got to pay really close attention to what the Scripture says. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Which means when we decide what we think about Halloween, we don't decide, I kind of like chill bumps. I kind of like being scared every now and then. No, the Bible says, is it good? Is it righteous? And is it true? If it doesn't pass that test, we shine the light on it. We expose the whole thing. Well, what are you going to do? Are you warring against the entire retail world? Yep. Well, what do you mean? You, you just, are you, are you not going to go to the store? No, I'm going to go to the store. But I don't have to go to the store like everybody else. I, 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 don't have, I, was at a, I was at a thing one time. We were at an event, and this guy had this mask on. And he came up, and he, 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 was, he was acting like he was going to. I watched him from across the way, and he was walking up behind kids. And when the kid would turn around, he wouldn't boo at him or anything, but he knew what the heck he was doing. So he came walking closer to my kids, and I went over to him. I said, take your mask off. He said, sir, 15, 16-year-old kid. I said, take your mask off, son. He said, I'm not trying to. I said, take your mask off. Takes his mask off. I watch him walk over to his dad. His dad points at me. Or excuse me, the kid points at me, telling him, I know he was telling that, that guy was mean to me. Let me just tell you like this. If you're brave enough to try to scare my kids, then you're brave enough to get dealt with. That's just the way it is. Oh, and, and BTW, your daddy too. It don't make me, no, never mind. Am I warring against the world? I am completely warring against the world. What's this Bible about? I'm 
not in this. I'm in here. I'm not of this. I'm from another region. I'm from another. I'm an ambassador of the Most High God. And I'm going, is it good? Is it righteous? And is it true? I'm not saying I get it right all the time. I'm just telling you, yes, we're at war with this thing. People are going to hell over this kind of stuff. You let the wrong thing happen and a spirit will latch itself to somebody, let the spirit of suicide or any of those things, let it latch it on to somebody, we might not have the chance to lift them up because they go knocking on the wrong door. So what we do, we're just bearers of light. We're just walking around like my kids. We got a Q-beam. I don't know if y'all know what that is. Redneck talk for bright light. And we got this bright light. And my kids will walk around outside with it and they'll look like a, a, they'll look like a minion. You know those minions? They got the thing. And they'll look like a minion. They're like this and they're just walking around. And I'm like, how about y'all shine it where we don't walk into a spider web? They're like, okay, Dad. And they're just shining around. We are beacons of light. We are exposing the works of the devil. We are shining the light we are pointing them to christ we are ministers of the gospel of jesus christ we are not partakers of filth and godlessness period so the scripture says it's a shame to speak of these things anything the light hits will be exposed verse 14 we're almost done i love the way the apostle paul writes he said awake you that sleeps and arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Awake, O sleeper. So many people are just bouncing through life. They're just asleep to the issues. They're asleep to the things that are attacking them. They're asleep to the areas that they're walking in. I'm here to say tonight, respectfully, and in as much love as I can emit, wake up. Don't just go and say, oh, it's just the way it is. No, it's not the way it is. It's the way the world is, but we are not the world. We are the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Is it good? Is it righteous? Is it true? Is it good? Is it righteous? Is it true? I'm not saying that we, we always get it right. I'm just telling you, we're not walking blind and dumb here. We're not walking, acting like we're not paying attention. You, the only way you're blind and dumb, that's when you walk into the spider web. When you have the light shining, when you have the word of the living God, that lamp and that light, when you've got that pointing, now all of a sudden things begin to shift. Now all of a sudden the devil quits messing with you. My uncle said something really strong. Who was here this weekend? Anybody enjoy that? It's crazy good. He said something strong. He said, I don't just want to be famous in the kingdom of God. I want to be famous in the kingdom of darkness. I want them terrified when my name is spoken. I want them going, y'all can mess with anybody you want. You better not mess with that Brian Hallam guy because he'll pray. He'll fast. He'll cast the devil out. He'll filter the thing and say, is it good? Is it righteous? Is it true? You better not mess with that one. Don't you mess with New Heights Church. Don't you mess with these people. They believe God. They abstain from anything that appears to be evil. You may try and throw a grenade in front of them. They'll pick it up and throw it back. Don't you mess with those people from New Heights Church. You find another church to mess with. You find another church to... Don't you mess with those people in New Heights Church. I can see them. They're having a meeting. All right, what are we going to do in, 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 in Brazos County? i tell you what. Look here. we got an area right over here by the airport. Oh, boss. No, 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 no. Don't you go over there by that airport. You sit away. We've already sent some over by the airport, and they've come back limping every single time. Is it good? Is it righteous? Is it true? 
Wake up. Don't just go through life. Run your race as if to win. 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Walk carefully and consciously of your environment. Have you ever just been in the wrong place at the wrong time? Man, I remember when I was in college, I was like, man, I'm just going to be with my friends. I don't do any of that stuff. All of a sudden, <laughs> something happens, and you're in the middle of it. You don't want to be in the middle of it. You're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Listen, your environment, listen, when you're going and winning people for God, that's a different scenario than just living life and going, you know what, this is how I chill. No, you don't chill with the devil. Amen. Redeeming the time, taking advantage of every opportunity because the days are evil. Redeeming the time, which means the days are evil, so you don't have to go and set a spook display in front of your kids. That's already done. The days are evil. So you have to redeem the time. you got to take it back. Well, I went to the enemy's camp, and I took back what is stole from me took back what is stole from me took back what is stole from me i went to the enemy's camp and i took back what is stole from me he's under my feet he's under my feet satan is under my feet everywhere we go we're taking ground the bible says everywhere you put your foot you can have it now, that doesn't mean anybody's going to hand you a land deed when you walk in Kroger. Well, bless God, we're glad you're here, brother. Here's a deed to the thing, and we'll start paying you rent. That's not going to happen. But you can take authority and own the space in the unseen realm everywhere you go. You remember when Jesus, he come across, and he told the, the, the devil tried to sink his boat in the middle of it. He was sleeping in the bottom of the boat, and he hits land, and he no longer steps on the beach that the devil, thousands of demons in this one man, run up to him and said, what are you doing here? That's because he knew something else had just showed up that had more authority than he did. That's because everywhere he went, he was just in possession mode. I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm not in steal from you mode. I'm not in... Uh, get pushed around mode but I am in possession mode when I walk in the room this atmosphere is going to change he said what happens if it doesn't I'm going to believe it till it does wish I had more time I'd tell you all some really creepy stories redeeming the time because the days are evil verse 17 wherefore be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord is not difficult to understand. We make it like this unachievable goal. The will of the Lord in your life is to do what is good, what is righteous, what is true. So when you're going through life, especially in this season where it seems like 
all hell is put on the, the front page of every magazine. It's put on the, the shelves of everything. You've got to walk your kids through the, 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 the checkout line, and there's all kind of filth and smut there that you're having to deal with anyway. And then you've got these demons and witches and all this other nonsense, and every other show on television is about some kind of a poltergeist or devil something. And, and, and you're just, everything's just coming. Everything's just coming. Everything's just, just shifting on you and pulling on you. Uh, you don't have to wonder what the will of God is in your life in that moment. The will of God in your life is, let's find something good. Let's find something righteous. And bless God, let's, let's find something true. So for us, the Bible says that we're not to be unwise. When Jesus sent his disciples out in the book of Matthew, he said, listen, he goes, I'm sending you guys out as sheep amongst wolves. This is a very safe place. It's a room full of sheep. Have you ever noticed that you can have a thousand wolves and one sheep and the wolves don't get nervous? But you take a thousand sheep and one wolf and all the sheep get nervous. You are sent out into the world as a sheep amongst wolves. Jesus Jesus continued to say, I want you to be wise as a serpent but harmless as a dove. Wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. I want you to be wise as a serpent. I don't want you to be dumb about this. I don't want you to just do what the world does. I don't want you to just, listen, I don't want you to just act like this is just the way life is and everybody can just do it and it's no big deal. No, listen to me. You knock and the door will be open. You get close to the dog on a chain that everybody and every sign is telling you that dog will bite you. You can stay away from it and keep from getting bit or you can walk up and get bit. It's really up to you. But it all comes down to this. you got to focus and decide, is this good is this righteous and is this true because if it is I'm going to pursue it but if it's not I'm just going to lay aside every weight that holds me back I'm just going to believe God you say well what if they go to school and they got Halloween day and they got the cupcakes and whatever listen let them have the cupcakes but you build your kids up on their most holy faith you teach the children you don't sit there and let them believe that this stuff is is just everybody can do and everybody's all the same we are not the same you are in the world but you're not of the world anymore the apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth he said be separate come out from among them I'm not talking about being separate when it comes to winning the lost my God we spend thousands and thousands of dollars trying to win the lost all over the world we send our money we send people we do everything we can do to do it but I'm not fixing to throw my kids in a pit full of wolves and then blame the wolves for tearing them apart you live for God you're an ambassador I don't care how cute they try to make it. The Bible says the devil will hide himself as an angel of light. He'll use anything in his power to try to trick you. And he's gotten to the place where he nearly owns a month out of the year because Christians decided that we weren't going to pray, because Christians decided that we weren't going to take a stand, because Christians decided we were going to back up and not move forward. It's a different thing when you live for God. Is it good? Is it righteous? And is it true?